everyone, Kip here. So why don't let you know that today's episode, we do talk about recent nightclub shootings and the death of Jason David Frank. So uh, please uh, be aware uh, and know that you can skip from minute 10 to minute uh, 2120 uh, to not hear stories or our conversation about that. And there are resources attached both for in the United States internationally, if you or somebody you know is feeling depressed or suicidal. And then also later in the episode, one of the change out episodes does have uh, the topic of self-harm and suicide come back up. So please be aware of that. Scintillate. I'm your host, Hyacinth Kip, and with me is Billy Buttons, David himself. I'm back, baby. I'm not dead. <laughs> when you search the uh, manliest flower, it says Billy Buttons, so there you are. B- Billy Billy Button. Yeah, Billy Buttons. That's the manliest flower? Who voted this? It's like a Cressetia. Okay. A uh, Google. A uh, Google decided, okay. Yeah, you know. That's fine. I trust them. Yeah. When has anything ever been wrong on Google? Really never, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But no, uh, we are back. This is our book club podcast. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Common Rock to Me is two podcasts. There's the OG podcast and the book club podcast. And the book club takes a look at a show in a condensed time frame, like two to four months usually with uh, me, Steph, and David. But Steph is out today. And David is back from uh, getting lots of viruses from like those like websites. Like they have stuff like, oh, like Amish moms near you. and that- mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really affected my respiratory system. You never know what you're going to get, right? That's why they call it hay fever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, um, just... Strolling around in the barn, my man. Brought home some unpasteurized something. Oh, something, something, yeah. But no, uh, we are here to talk about episodes uh, 9 or 10 through 14 of uh, Changer On, the uh, 1996 just beloved, <laughs> super popular, uncanceled show. You know what? <laughs> After watching this set of episodes, I have to say, I am so disappointed that this was canceled before it could reach its its potential. Before, Because it was supposed to be like 52 episodes or something, right? Yeah. A year of this. Yeah. Th- this show is fucking amazing. Well, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll qualify that statement with an asterisk later, but <laughs> this show is great. Yeah. Um... Maybe unintentionally. So I think that um, they should have done a 25th anniversary special. Oh, that would have been great. Because the actor for Akira is still around, right? Yeah, because he was in. He's doing stuff for Common Rider right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what? Get him back. Get that changer. That changer on suit is sitting in fucking Inoue's like closet at home. And he looks at it every day and he's like, what could have been? What could have been? Though, honestly, it helped launch your career because I'm like realizing things about Changer on that show up in like Common Rider shows later. I'm like, oh, this is just here, huh? Right. Yeah. yeah. To that point, um, last time I mentioned um, how a lot of posters and like plot lines were being like brought in from like French cinema in the 80s, like as far as like a like wave called like cinema to look and like my whole thesis was, oh, that 
whole like wave was about contrasting like pop culture with like art right here it's like contrasting like toku with like more traditional art so like that's what this is is like toku day look so it's like huh is that true and then i looked and i realized that the two other shows he's known for are comrade akiva where mm-hmm. every episode has a like cg bat telling you about famous violins and like violinists <laughs> okay yeah 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 and um murder fives which i am like wondering what that show is now it's like my first guy show. i'm like what is that now what's what does this do now yeah i mean i i don't know much about fives other than he uses a flip phone and hits five three times and that's how he transforms like that like that is literally all i know about five maybe he runs fast or something like that's his pa- i don't remember <laughs> There, there's like something about Fize where he runs fast because I remember there being some kind of like fight between him and Kabuto in in a, some kind of like weird crossover movie or something. And they're like, oh, our powers are we run fast. So it's good for me as a fan of Fize. Basically, like only Fize, Deno, and sometimes Decade get like major toys or like forms and like right. new series because like they're the most popular shows like in like Kuga sometimes too but also um there's a point where like all the multiverse crossover stuff is just like how could we use the cast of like Comrider Wizard and like Comrider like Deno to rewrite Fize right <laughs> and there's like two or three years in a row where they're just like okay let's redo the multiverse just to like have these characters from Fize back <laughs> right it's really funny um but no um I think that there's something going on here, and this is just a real effort to uh, contrast, like, the tropes of Toku with, like, different kinds of drama and, like, fine art, and it's very funny. It's just, like, it's just fucking weird, but in the best way possible. I will say that. And, of course, um, you're currently enjoying Dawn Brothers, which is the same thing. I, I watch it on and off. It's not, like, a, a every week thing. Because it, Don Brothers plays on like Sunday morning. So if I end up just happening to turn on the TV on Sunday morning and I'm eating, you know, my breakfast or something, I'm like, oh, Don Brothers is on. And what are they doing today? Oh, they're having a sit down with the enemy at a table and they're deciding who's going to own someone's dead corpse by having an eating contest. <laughs> okay, good. While a man who turns into a giant chicken performs soul surgery in the back room. Yes, yes, this is literally an episode that happens. It's fucking weird. Good, because for a while, I know people were a little um, low energy on their like enthusiasm for Sentai. So I'm glad they're like just having a weird season. Because like my first thing when like I watched it, like the first couple episodes, was like I'm not like past that, but was, oh, you have a female protagonist. That's the first. Mm, it's Don Brothers is fucking weird, man. Like he, from the get go, it's weird. Like it's based on Momotaro, right? So yeah, um, Momotaro has like his his like entourage of like weird animals. So he has like the the monkey, the monkey, dog. the dog, the kujaku, um, which is like a like a pheasant or like a pea. I think it's a pheasant. Kujaku's yeah. a Japanese pheasant. Anyway, so like in normal Sentai, when they transform, they just become, you know, I'm red, I'm yellow, I'm black or whatever. And like 
for some reason, the pink one turns into like this really tall, lanky bird looking dude. And he's like fully CG and he looks weird as shit. And then the guy who's the black ranger, when he transforms, he turns into like this chibi little wolf man. Is he still like the one that's like super hardcore and like dark? Yes, he's like the most Chunibyo fucking character in the world. And he just like turns into this like cute little doggy to go like fight. And it's so it's so goofy because like you have him superimposed in 3D on top of like live action footage. So like everyone's jumping around and fighting and he's like just kind of like there. You can tell he's like not actually really in the scene or they didn't like mocap him as like a dude in a green suit. He's like been superimposed afterwards. So he looks really weird. Yeah. And um. I've seen some speculation that based on the like copyrights that uh the uh, next Sentai season is going to be based off of like middle school hooligans and that like whole like big pompadour and like oh like nineteen eighties like yeah like Kinkabancho I'm yes. a high school badass type characters that would be great if that was true that would be that would be awesome actually I wouldn't mind that like some Kunio Kun type shit yeah all right. And like even more if they have like a bunch of like forty year old like hard dudes like dressed like they're in middle school, that's the best. <laughs> just just dudes who are clearly not in high school. Like they're like they have a they have two kids and a mortgage, but they're just wearing a high school gyakuran or whatever. Two kids and a mortgage and they love the fucking cherry blossom. They're like, Oh yeah, this is my year. I'm finally fourteen. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna graduate this year. Yeah. It's my fourteenth year of high school. Shodan, oh man, this like is great. Yep. Uh, we should talk about these five episodes of Change Rom, but first there are kind of two downer things to talk mm. about, uh, which is like important things. Um, one, um, while Steph is not here, uh, she wanted to mention that just like we're sending love and support to just people in the wake of the uh, Q Club shootings, and just yeah, um, it's wild the amount that this kind of tragedy happens. It's wild the scale and it's wild just to even like say hey there's things that aren't acting there's this kind of neglect towards this violence is like a, a like state of being and i think there are lots of people who are like encouraging or saying oh we're not encouraging but aren't discouraging this kind of violence who are very actively a part of it and i think just is very clear that there are people who are talking to and using the like rhetoric of these terrorists and just not facing any kind of culpability for that. And that is uh, terrible. I mean, at the end of the day, in the wake of something like this, inaction is a choice. If you just go, yeah, it's bad, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Then you are, in my opinion, just as culpable as the people who are perpetrating the violence because you've done nothing to course correct in any way, shape or form, you know? And sometimes there's people that act like, oh, we're outside of a fire and we don't know what to do. Well, we have a fire every week. At a certain point, you've got to get buckets ready or like right. have clothes ready or like whatever. I think that's just really it because it's just like um, The Onion has one article about like, oh, this keeps happening only here and nowhere else. They, um, like every week they reuse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. True tragedy. Um, And just it's very easy to forget about them because I don't know like what the perspective you get in Japan is, but I'm sure that like there's people who 
are shocked each time. <laughs> it 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 definitely it's definitely a a view of like America is dangerous as a whole. Like mm-hmm. everyone is just like a gun totten cowboy who's like willing to just whip it out and go to town and fucking shoot someone at the drop of a hat, right? And I mean that's the thing that you see on the news whether you know america's big right if you're seeing news from america there could be a shooting every fucking 10 seconds and you could just report on it if you wanted to because it's huge it happens all the time but it it does a disservice to everyone else by showing america in that light where people are like i don't want to go like i've known students who are like oh you know, I wanted to go to America to do, um, you know, a Ryugox era exchange student. And they're like, now I don't want to go because I'm afraid if I go to school, I'm going to get shot. I um was working as uh, the person doing tech support and like um the like printer service in like a lounge for um the students who um were commuting when I was in college. And um this guy came in and uh, was like talking to this like friend of mine and he was like clearly drunk and like all this stuff and then like eventually like he left went to class 20 minutes later we found out that like he had like an mp5 in his bag jesus christ and like had gone to class like with no intent to do anything and hadn't done anything like he just was like getting kicked out of class for like being drunk i guess like he got like told to leave and like fell and like his bag opened and like his laptop like his mp5 like fell out yeah, but like that, like that's the crazy thing, right? It's like, well, like why, why are you toting around a submachine gun? <laughs> and like, this was in New England, where like there's tighter laws on certain things. But I mean, you can get you can get around yeah. laws if you go across a border, right? It's not. Yeah, just like it is as much as it's like, oh, this won't happen. It's also, like, also, I guess just don't go anywhere where there's people. <laughs> kind of yeah right like well like that that's the thing right like now it's got to the point where if i was part of that community i would be afraid to go anywhere where there's a gathering of any of us in a like public place yeah you wouldn't want to do that especially now like this is like what the third like really big shooting specifically like targeting the the queer and gay community yeah uh i mean just like in what time frame like, yeah I, well, exactly right you know? in the past like year or two and that's like that's fucked up because i'm sure it was there's ones before that and there will be ones after this because no one takes any action needs to be massive change just like as a like whole country like just like structurally to like change what's happening here because you know what there are people that just benefit from saying nothing or saying i'm not culpable right just throwing your hands up and being like wasn't me yeah but no um there is another tragedy though that is uh smaller but also very personal um to some of us that are doing this podcast or they're like uh listening though and this is um the first episode since uh the death of jason david frank and uh first off here um there will be a uh, link in the podcast to an international page um, for suicide helplines uh, because uh, there aren't a lot of great resources when you're not based in America 
and I know a lot of our listeners aren't like I think like it's like oh like a lot of people in like Canada and like Ireland and like yeah um so yeah just like that will be there here because I uh want that to be for people and um at the front like I'll have a uh, more general content warning for the whole episode but um yeah just never frank um the uh, the 90s were a weird time you have like Steve Austin Britney Spears and, like all these people that like got mega popular in ways that like their area never got popular like ever again or since it's like these mega stars and I think like for like what Power Rangers was Jason David Frank like as much as a whole crew was like super popular he became like a very popular person you know I mean it was it's on a different level yeah and I, I mean, part of that could be attributed to the role that he played in that first series and movie. Um, but like he was just, he's like, you know, a tokusatsu staple, right? Like yeah. the, the man, you can make an entire ranger team out of the characters that he played, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you had red twice, but I mean, you can do it. And it's just, Power Rangers is not or is traditionally not a union gig. And at that time, especially, it was like, let's get a bunch of people who can kick good and make them act. Right, right. Yeah. And there's like all those episodes like where you see these people like, can you do 14 flips? You're 19 and you're getting paid nothing. And they're like, OK. And like from all accounts, um, people like thought he was great. He was like a really great guy, like to work with he was like 19 when he became like super famous and like also like everybody was like oh my god like hiya hiya like ponytail like, like he was the first person that like i thought was like cool and wanted to be when i was a kid you know dude it was the vest man that that yeah. that sleeveless vest combo you just look at that dude and you're like damn that's a tough man he's gonna beat someone up but he definitely was not like that right his character was not like no. that he was like a righteous hero but like he wasn't macho either like he no. was just like this like no no friendly dude but yeah um he like just became like super famous was in like multiple seasons of like tv multiple movies like he did some mma like he opened like a gym for like kids like he like was like there for the fandom in a way that like asked fans of so many other things like like that would love to have the biggest person come back and be present like as he was you know right i i like you look at um and i think this is like in tokusatsu in general right it's you sign on for a season and then yeah we'll never see you again right for most characters some characters come back in like later seasons of power rangers for like a one-off thing be like oh you know jason showed up in episode 56 of you know lights light speed force or whatever the hell it's called right but that's like that's like it where jason david frank was like he was just in other series as a character start to finish like multiple times and like i know that like um he came back for the season and the whole point was like oh he's super old he was like 31 right (laughs) yeah he's he's he might as well be a grandpa right (coughs) um a couple years ago there was a like 25th anniversary special and like a bunch of actors were like oh yeah we'll come back for basically no money and like be here but they didn't want to pay for them to like take flights to like New Zealand so he had to like negotiate to help people get planes there I was like hey if you want like the White Ranger there like you have to pay for our flights Mm. (laughs) you know 
And yeah, um, just there's so much that you can say about the like guy. Um, my first memory of like getting in trouble was um being like four years old. I was at like a work picnic or something for like my family, and I was like in like the sand, and I just kept yelling Dragon Zord and throwing sand at people's faces. <laughs> And yeah, like you know, <laughs> there's never gonna be somebody like him for that part of the fandom, and you know, uh, people really uh have nothing bad to say about him. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's just it's just e looking at where he was, um, like this year like i guess mentally and like what was going on in his life yeah. it's like he's had a rough fucking time yeah and just you never know what somebody's really going through which is why like i only wanted to comment on like how good he was outwardly to like the people around him and like to the community but mm-hmm. yeah um just know that uh even somebody who is like an icon <laughs> like that can have that kind of anguish and just like you know uh please be kind to yourself and like seek help when you need it but yeah um so changer on that shit's weird changer on <laughs> yeah that's just weird <laughs> that shit's real weird um so last time we did a shorter episode me and steph so that we could all be here for episode 10 not mackerel because it was our big thing mackerel time you know now Spoiler alert, but you know what they did to us? We still get this. Because episode 33, they say cheese and dyed it. Not a mackerel, too. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, not a mackerel, too. Oh, no. So we will get to have this together. Okay, okay. Good, good, good. Not a mackerel, too. I love that shit. That's so goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, this show is just as fucking wacky as goosebumps. In the best possible way. It is. Um, in this episode, incredible start. We see this princess get grabbed, and this like white guy's like, "Oh no!" And he's like talking weird. And then we see him. Zabuba, zabubidi, boo, zabuba, boo. So, um, he's from the Bakasan Kingdom, which has to be translated, and it's so hard to translate to Japanese. It has to be first translated to Zerman, Zerman to Yachaman, and then to japanese or like there's like another language there too right like they're all different sounds like they're like goo 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 ga goo 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 and it keeps getting like translated wrong um like he asked like what happens to the guy that could speak japanese and the guy sends it back they show this whole process and then he goes back what do you like more sushi or sushi tempura? Or tempura. And he's like what <laughs> And what makes this even stranger is the uh, guy that he's talking to, the uh, white dude. That is Thane Camus, the great nephew of Albert Camus. Who? Who is who? The guy with the ponytail who's speaking. No, 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 no. I know which guy you're referring to, but he, he's the nephew of who? Like, I don't know who that is. Camus, like the stranger, like the like French nihilist, like big. Really? <laughs> you mean like the philosopher? Yeah, the philosopher. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> He's, um, his great uncle is the philosopher 
Albert Camus. So like the like stranger, the myth of Sisyphus, like that kind of stuff. Just like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd want to know that. <laughs> Yo, this is like a weird, deep cut, weird shit in this show. And to make it better, this is one of three prominent toker roles that Thane Kabu has. Want to know the rest? Yes, please. He plays Steve Bills, the American billionaire and comrade ghost. That's unfortunate. He plays the main antagonist of the Garo spinoff, Zero Black Blood. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, this might be the boy. This might, like, might be a Hall of Fame boy right here. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. It's basically like Elon Musk in like Murder Ghost. Just what a good. Wow, that's and, weird. And I guess he's best known for like teaching people English on Japanese TV. Uh okay. Yeah, maybe I might have seen him there some sometime. I wonder if he's still in Japan. I assume he is. Probably. Uh, he's. <laughs> I just maybe I just look him up, be like, hey, hey, dude. Yeah. Uh, but I just thought like it was like uh it would be important to say, hey, this guy loves his philosophy and his stuff so much he brought it Albert Camus' like great nephew to be in the show. Yeah, that's so weird. And the fact that he like speaks Japanese is and is in Japan is like such a weird like coincidence too. Yeah, like what what happens in your life where you're like, oh man, I'm gonna like go do some tokusatsu. I love my uncle's writing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I have to mention. I have to mention they're 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 from the Bakasan Kingdom. Yeah. Now that has to be intentional to to be like yes the the fool or idiot kingdom. The Kingdom of Idiots. Like, that's 100% intentional, yeah. Like, this does feel like it's some kind of weird, like... This is, like, the most children's story, but also the most weird. And I love... But I love that, like, they never address the name, ever. Never. They just treat it, like, with 100%, like, sincerity. And they're just like, oh, he's from the Bakasan Kingdom. And it's like, okay. Sure. And, like, they're hanging out the whole episode. Just, like, there's this scene where, like, in the store trying to, like, dress up, like, Aerie to be, like, a princess. They're just, like, sitting on four chairs. just like, not talking to anybody because they can't talk to anybody. Oh, man. Fucking Kemi is a goddamn savage in that scene. She, she like, just delivers a fucking one-liner that is so good. And I can't believe I didn't write it down. But I just said Kemi is a fucking savage. He's playing the maid there. Right, yeah, yeah. There's so many great lines where, like, Akira just takes what they say as so like, oh, they must mean it. Cause like um he asked them um how good does Aerie look as a princess? And what gets translated back as kitchen trash is not flamble trash. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And she says something like, hey, you can say that again. Yeah, and there's more to come of those two, because like they hate each other still. Um, but like they go to like a hotel stairs and like Gets up confetti, be like, "Oh, it's a princess." And then, like the Blues Brothers. Show up, I wrote watching. the exact same thing. The fucking Japanese Blues Brothers show up. Oh my god! How good is your brain? Because I think the Japanese Blues Brothers <laughs> might be better than Tokyo Fresh. <laughs> Japanese Blues Brothers. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. You know, 
it's not precious to me in any way, but uh Japanese Blues Brothers, like like I, I love it's gonna be bad, right? <laughs> I love too that like they they immediately because like they, they get it, they abduct Aerie, right? These two fucking bozo ass blues brothers looking motherfuckers abduct Aerie. And immediately Akira yes. and Hayami are like, oh, it must be dark side. And I'm like, no, they're just like goofy ass terrorist assholes. And like they like have this whole thing where they're like, oh, we just got out of prison. Should we do this? It's like, oh, yeah, it's because I want to be like a big time criminal. And like there's like, OK, we've started business, but it's failing with you, buddy. And it's just so funny. They're just so bumbling. It's so I mean, there's there's more with them later in the episode, but it's so like it's just comically goofy like they're they're cartoon ass evil villains i wrote down that akemi says they won't want to fake and then like that's what Ari says who could be better than me and you get smoke bombed (laughs) this is great i i do love that like the the evil uh monster of this episode just like vapes people to death yeah of course why not they're like toy company I'm guessing is the worst toy company. Like all they have is like a bunch of like snakes and babies that are weird. Uh, so the, the weird baby is actually the Cupy mayonnaise uh, mascot. Okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, hey, it's Cupy mayonnaise. All right. The way they see the whole like episode two is like, oh, um, they won't fire their maid. Like even though they don't have like M- money to pay her. Yeah, they're they're like, oh, well, you know, like she she needs to have a job. Like, don't you have older, you know, aunties and uncles that like they need that job to survive? We can't just go firing people. It's like, oh, okay, they just they just decide to have hearts of gold for the old fucking auntie bachan that works for them, and they want this like ransom. It's like something like fifty million yen or something, and um, the whole like cash just like takes out their like coins in their pockets. Like, oh, is this enough? It's just like pocket change. When they get to, to the whole like stare down, um, they leave because of dark side and the brothers go a, a like bag full of trash. Then they get like thirty seven ninety nine, and they're like, wow, that's the cheap princess. <laughs> yeah, they're like, and they think they say something like specifically like you must not be that popular back home. And she beats the crap out of it. Like, she throws her dress off and is like... Like a fucking wrestling villain, just like, or, you know, I forget, like, some quick change shit. She says, see, I have the beauty and brains that everyone wanted when they were growing up and then beats the shit out of them. The scene before this, I had, like, fucking disassociated while watching this. Me too. <laughs> and there's a scene where they're trying to figure out where Ari is, like, to, to do the handoff for the money. And I completely forgotten yes. that they <laughs> they're in the car and they're Akira's driving and there's a close up shot of him talking into a pen. And now I had forgot that this was like their communicator pen because you can't see the top part of the pen where it's got like the buttons and like the microphone part on it. So it literally looks like he's just talking into a ballpoint pen. And I was like, I was like, did they not have the budget for a phone like what the fuck is going on and then i was like oh right yeah they talked to a pen but just it was the weirdest way that i just disassociated with the goddamn show no this is just a prime episode for that there's so much that happens here and um in the car later like is like my favorite scene though but uh but first they like get beaten up by her 
the monster grabs her because likes tough gals. And then um, man from Bakasan mm-hmm. sees it and then starts screaming, Zuzu Bakazuzu. <laughs> Zaruba, Zaruba. <laughs> Wrong show. And they're in his car, his like green Citron in the backseat, just translating. And they translate like white rain boots and like, oh, it's like blonde hair. Oh, and he's got like a, a headband or something. Mask on his face. It's a loincloth with Stark uniform. Yep. So I wrote caveman Char Azabol <laughs> who loves Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, what we get? <laughs> you got a dude in a blonde afro wearing sunglasses, a horizontal striped shirt, a loincloth, and no pants. Here's where we should mention that somehow the rate the like radio that the Blues Brothers have picks up the CG pen. And so Yeah, like, that's uh, your secret agent pen is not very good if some like general ham radio can just pick up the signal, right? This always makes me think of that scene from the second American Pie movie where like there's like a dad and there's like a guy at a fast food place and they're like hearing these two ladies like be like, Oh yeah, and like, oh, we're taking our clothes off and kissing each yeah, other. Yeah, But um they hear this, and the older brother's like, I've always wanted to be a first-class criminal, so I'm going to dress like this and jump in the way. He just is like Japanese-style loincloth, where it's like a like knotted thong yep. and like a little drape. And they just get their ass kicked by the boys. And, and they immediately, Hayami and Akira just immediately beat the shit out of him. Not even transformed into Changeron, just them. They just go and beat the shit out of him. And, like, they assume he's a criminal, because at this point, they're like, okay, he's definitely, like, a stand user. We gotta get right, him. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's squatting into the camera. Like, the camera's pointed up at him. He's squatting, like, knees out, just, uh. And then um, they're happy because they were first-class criminals. But the Bakasan man sees the cleaner and leads them inside. Not before speeding up the film to, like, ten times speed, because they realized that it would look really goofy if there was, like three minutes of them walking up the stairs into this building yeah a lot of weird effects here oh yeah she like says like oh like i like men's alarms too and then like changes like knocks off his chan visor of mm. everyone's favorite transformer and then what happens there david <laughs> so he, he he gets the chan visor knocked off his head and it goes through the single tiny window on a door into the other room with the four foreign translator people and he's like, hey, uh, Akira's like, hey, can you pass me that Chan visor? And the guy starts translating it down the line for three people. So it takes like 10 minutes to get to the, the back guy. It's so funny. And, and then he like, they hand him a thing and he pulls it out. And it's a fucking banana. And he like, he like puts it on his head and he's like, oh, I'm going to transform. And he's like, well, it's not a banana. And he's like, no, it's that thing over there. And then this is where we get the mackerel show up. And I gotta say, not the payoff was not there. Hopefully, hopefully, Mackerel Two is way more funny. <laughs> I cannot believe there's Mackerel Two. I thought like it was just not funny, but the fact there's Mackerel Two makes me so excited. But I love the funniest thing about this scene is like they keep giving him the wrong item, and then he asks the guy who speaks Japanese in Japanese, he's like, "Why the fuck are you translating it? Just pick up the thing I tell you to pick up, you idiot." <laughs> It's great. Uh, and then um, he transforms and they look so psyched. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like they're all in the window broken up. 
Hayami's just been fighting this monster with a giant baguette. Oh, really? I I thought again, like I said, I disassociated while watching <laughs> this episode. Right. It looked like a baguette. I think it's actually supposed to be a metal pipe. I assume it was a baguette, but also like I um mentioned um last episode, but I the biggest laugh I had in those last three episodes was when they show off Crystal Station and Gonza's just like I mortgaged my house to pay for this. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And like they all fit in the garage. They're all human size. They didn't need it. But I love every time it like comes up, I just start laughing. But um from here the fight scenes, they probably got back like their first ratings and like toy sales. And they're okay. Speed them up, more effects, like more like mm-hmm. stuff. Did he did he always have a gun sword before? He could combine them, I think. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I made a note of I'm like he has a gun sword now when did this happen but it happened one time okay okay that's probably why i don't remember because it's not like a a every episode thing he has a gun sword there's like a crystal flash on every punch this time so i was like oh they probably are like trying to spice it up for the kids yeah yeah maybe um but the episode ends and like the chief shows up and says oh i studied mayan so i know bakasan and they all laughed at bakasan joke so i have a question <laughs> Yes. Ari and I can't Ari and the princess got vaped to somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like he kills the the monster and it blows up and then they're just there. <laughs> Where did they go? I think what we're supposed to believe is that like every one of these people has a dimension that dies when they die and the souls go back to people or the people go back. Yeah. But like their, their entire body was taken. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Don't think about it too hard. I suppose for a children's television show. Remember that mom that went away and like came back at her kitchen. I mean, they teleport. We'll talk about teleporting in the fucking next episode. Yeah. Um, but episode 11, save the cognac. And it, and it's not that cognac. It's not that kind of cognac. Human society is so tiring, says a man on a bus. And then we see Akira tell a guy his girlfriend ran out of him. But then mm. Kebby says that might not be the case. And the only clue is there is some cognac in her empty apartment. Yes. And it's like this like weird transition line of like a cruise line getting sprayed down by boats of like colored chemicals. I I wasn't sure what that what that that is very much I think like a shoot the rodeo type thing. It's like, oh, this cool thing is happening. Um yeah put it in yeah and then we see this like portly middle-aged like man like actually like dark side and he's like i keep getting made fun of by woman i've never sympathized with a villain more than this man because bro i don't know how women work either and like is i i thought i legitimately thought this episode was going to make me sympathize with a murderous alien and it almost did and then like he's consulting with gauzer who says, uh, like, this coffee's not good enough, and, like, you need better clothes. Like, his whole thing is that, like, he's super particular. He's like, this coffee has bad bean percentage. Needs better beads. Bean mix needs to be stronger. Uh, my question was, who the fuck is Gowser? That's a great name. <laughs> who, 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 it, like, they're like, oh, don't, don't make Gowser mad. And I'm like, who is Gowser? What? He's the guy when he transforms. Yes, yeah, yeah. That that I figured out because they they made that clear. But like, this is the first time in the episode we had ever heard anyone mention Gowser, and I'm like, okay, sure. 
I don't have his human name written down, but I do have Gowser a bunch, so there we go. But Me too, yeah, yeah, that's all I have written down. We then go to the generals, who we find out later are called the Dark Cadre. That's, that is a cool as shit name. Yeah. But they're in this aquarium talking about how Gowser has his consultancy to help, like, the issues that Darkseid faces in human society. And there's, like, a recent Darksider who became neurotic and, like, tried to commit suicide. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, what? I've never. <laughs> I've never seen a show where monsters hide among humans. Where it's been like, oh, and we're getting depressed and like beat up for our jobs and not having like the right degrees and stuff. Right. And like the main character of like this episode is this dude from Darkseid who's like drinks when he's stressed and like starts to attack people. Yeah. Because his job sucks. He gets like beat up at the printing press he works at. Oh, and they beat like they beat they beat the they abuse the shit out of that dude. Like it's not like, oh, you know, they're yeah. like making fun of him. Like I think in like a more modern Toku series, they'd be like poking fun of him and like maybe punch him mm-hmm. once. But they're like they're like throwing him on the ground and like sticking their like f- boot in his face and like lick my boot, scum. The second scene where they're beating him up like and like it's in like this narrowing alley and they're pushing him, pushing him and pushing him. I was like this is like horrific. Yeah, it's like it's like actually like legitimate like could be triggering like bullying. Like it's it's I was like Jesus, like this is very gra- like, yeah. graphic in a way that like most tokusatsu shows I don't think would ever show. Like this would be something like off-screen or like it's in a silhouette or something, right? Mhm. And like his whole thing is that like he misses the dark dimension so he drakes and like he almost attacks him the first time that they beat him up this episode but like stops by thinking about like gowser but then like he's like on his way home and he like kicks a can and the can like hits a vending machine and the beer comes out poor dude yep i hey, i i don't blame him i get like that when i drink chew high as well <laughs> yeah but of course the highlight of the episode has to be when they're at Psydock and they're mri in the cognac uh no that's there's one more part in this that is the highlight for me there's too many highlights in the show i think that's true um the dude got drunk off that one beer and starts to attack people but gets stopped and then he's being like sobered up by getting like dunked repeatedly <laughs> he's basically getting waterboarded yeah because next time he'll die but the uh detective crew is now staking out the cognac and um they go to get lunch and then like gowser's my like oh my cabbage roll has have the eighth leaf of cabbage right yeah, yeah. Else. and um then akira and Hayami fight over the cognac and like it flops onto his plate and he's like you slaps him and then says um you like trends but you're poor Hayami says you're right <laughs> you're right that's 100 percent correct he just shows up over his shoulder and he's like you are correct at that point they see the girlfriend yoshimi and um she drops some cognac and Hayami trips on it and like almost breaks his back. It looks like he's, he looks so much more hurt there than any time he's fought a monster. <laughs> but this sets up the scene later on. It's important. Yes. It's important, yes. But um, the like dark side dude that like got told he'd be killed next time has just been bullied and made to lick shoes. So he just goes on a rampage and kills a bunch of people. Yep. While it's happening, Yoshimi comes up the like stairs. And her boyfriend sees her, and she's like, oh, because you were gone, I got fat, and I wanted to diet till I could see you again. She's like, I don't care. It's like a nice moment for how much comedy is in the yep. show. It's like, oh, just like, and they reconcile. Yep, and that's it. And then a bunch of ladies come out, and they're like, 
yeah, Kira, let's go. He's like, oh, this is nice for the first time uh, in this block. But then she gets like attacked and gotten from a window and then like big fight. And Akira loves to like use wrestling moves. And he's like, oh, giant swing again. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then your favorite moment happens. Mid-fight. Oh, yeah. God, this is so fucking funny. So Hayami slipped on that fucking cognac. So for whatever reason, he just decided to pick up this brick of cognac. And during the fight, when Akira is going to get got, he, Hayami just goes, Akira, cognac. And he just takes this brick of fucking cognac and whips it at fu- the fucking dark side monster. And it hits him in the fucking face. It's the funniest shit ever. It's fucking hilarious because it is the most slapstick, goofy shit. How do you keep a straight face? Like, this, like the guy that plays. Hayami at every turn is like, damn, dude, you're great at this. He's so fucking funny. And it's just like this. What happened backwards was I'm sure that like whoever wrote this episode was like, man, Cognac's a funny consistency and like dropped it or something. I like, slipped on it. Hey, what if we MRI this and used it to fight a monster? I think that's what happened going back. It's so goofy. That's when Gowser shows up and says blackout and like his own guy comes in and says, like, here's how he transforms. He, like, is, like, to be continued. And he goes, I'll be the basis for Giver in five years. <laughs> that leads to 12. Mr. Daruma, fallen. And he, like, kills the, like, dude. Man, he kills the shit out of that dude. <laughs> Real bad. And um, I know that in the 90s and 80s, like, fans of that kind of toku, like, love, like, whenever there's a monster that's not, like, a, like, hero, but, like, still, like, looks like it a little bit shows up, that, like, they get into wars. They get, like, wild fights. So I'm, like, very glad here we have one for a changer on. But he just, like, claims, I'm also a warrior chosen by a secret organization. And they just go, cool. And then he, like, is like let's go to my private gym and test our might. <laughs> yep. He can lift more than Akira. And, like, there's this moment, like, where like Kira kicks a like sandbag and like falls clutching his balls and like Hayami goes over like a towel and starts like towels balls. Oh yeah, fucking a. Then um he like scoops up Arian and they literally teleport because they were on the same floor as Kira and Hayami like ten seconds before and then they just teleport to the balcony somehow. Just like all cool like he picks her up at this like mall and takes her to a restaurant he's like this tomato soup sucks get tomatoes and take the liquid away and he's just like trying to hit on her the whole time and um after their date he picks up another woman says she's his favorite then takes her alarm and then struts away like vince mcmahon just like (laughs) (laughs) it's the gray suit it's yeah just like he's just like struts so great and then, like, uh, the, like, main general, who we now know his name, Xandar, shows up. Mm. And is like, you're despicable for doing it for women you love. And then this, like, kill changer. And he's like, I'd much rather fight you. Watch out. My, my eye holes have no eyeballs. I love how weird this dude looks. Oh, yeah. He looks like, great. His weird eyes. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, he shows up where he was canvassing to help the detective agency. And then says only the number one woman in the world can ride his car. So Hakebi tries to get in and then they drive off. And then like a minute later, she gets kicked out of the car, like down the road. 
<laughs> that man just stole your girl, boy. Akira's so bad, but then, like, once she's back, like, they just both hate him so much. It's great. She's like, oh, damn it. I can't believe you didn't want me. There, There is a scene uh, before uh, Eri and Gowser start going on their, their make cutes. And it's the scene in the park where Gowser, because he's an evil space alien or something, doesn't understand a children's game. It's so great. Like, uh, the next scene, actually. And there is one of the fucking funniest implications in this show where I laughed for 10 goddamn minutes. So they're, they're playing this game called, like, uh, Dharma-san Koronda, which means, like, the Dharma fell over. It's basically, um, what is it, like? Red light, green light. Not, not hot. Red light, green light. That's what it is. It's red light, green light, right? And fucking Akira comes up and talks to the couch, and he's like, what are you, stupid? You don't know how to play a kid's game? Are you dumb? He's like, come on, I'll play with you right now. And then immediately Jaime's like oh Kira you shouldn't do that you remember the last time you played you lost and he's like you you always lose <laughs> and I love the implication that not only does Akira play children's games on the regular but that he always fucking loses them we saw him getting called stupid in third grade of the first episode it's fucking hilarious it's so fucking funny and immediately says yeah, well, I'm a seven-time champion, kid, <laughs> and like gets Gowser and calls him a dummy, and then Gowser is so mad, he's so Twitter mad, that he goes to the library and can't look up this kid's game, and it's so <laughs> funny. He goes to the encyclopedia <laughs> to go find Daruma Daruma Koronda. That's like a drill tweet, like, oh, like I went to to the encyclopedia to see why I'm so mad at you, and I couldn't find an answer. Oh, it's fucking funny. And just, I love, I love that they hang out outside of this and like it's just like this like right weird implication that like akira's always doing dumb shit and Hayabusa's just there I, like playing these kids games. yeah i i wrote in my notes i said hayami and akira are a great comedic do- duo because they're just great friends that absolutely hate each other the next scene there's this moment where um akira's saying that gauzer is fake and like Hayami says oh you just hate anyone cooler than you which is why you clash with me a lot <laughs> like this dude he looks like he never left his like martial arts high school right his fucking outfit and then um my my favorite part of the episode has to be when gowser picks up airy again and a jrb song starts oh my god i was like what is this fucking like jazz ass theme as he's it's fucking ridiculous so growing up um I had a like family member who had that same Corvette, so the whole time I was like crapping up. I was like, "This is so <laughs> funny." Uh, she calls him cute for not knowing the game, but he gets so mad that his like arm transform is gonna kill her. And then the song starts again. She teaches him the game, and like his aide's super mad. Like, oh, like why have you taken her alarm? Then like he, but he grabs Aries' throat at the end of the game. Yeah, that was really like, weird. People, right? I I saw that too, and I'm like, that's odd but like i guess he's a weird alien man so he wouldn't know that that's not normal um but then the coolest part of the episode happens as we see that Aries going to another date and at the top of an escalator his secretary is there with a butterfly knife doing tricks and attacks her <laughs> yeah i forgot about this she's, she's practicing with a fucking butterfly knife at the top of an escalator oh uh, yeah and they fight but gowser shows up Slaps the shit out of her. Her hand turns monster. 
and then like the like knife is at the top of the escalator and it's a cool shot it looks great yeah it like it like it gets like knocked out of her hand onto the escalator and then it like slowly moves up to the top again mm-hmm. i wondered if they're gonna be like they're gonna bring that in later because like they specifically had a shot of like where it went i'm like oh someone's gonna pick up the knife and get shanked but it didn't happen the secretary's mad because you're supposed to take the alarm of like the people that love you but does it mean that you love her this is bullshit. Like I'm always there for mm-hmm. you. And that's how she finds out, Oh, they're dark side, not just like another org. Right. And, um, that's when Akira shows up and says like Gamera, I am a friend to all women. They're trying to do a fight mm-hmm. and they go to fight and <laughs> they keep saying the super light nights. Cause like they realize there's branding. And right. 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 Like, the, like names of these, uh, dudes. But like, he's like, no, I have to beat this guy myself with swords. Right. And he's about to lose when when Ari like says the phrase from the game and then like Gowser stops and Changer on like claws him and says like his like claw, he says, exchange yellow discs. And I was like, what does this mean? Yeah. Uh, it means uh dude, I got a gun claw. More like allusions to like another Toku show in uh Inspector Gadget, I think. A little bit. Fun fact, um, I know exactly where this fight takes place. Oh, yes. really? This fight takes place on a bridge in Odaiba near current day Diver City. Um, if you cross this bridge from Pallet Town, fun fact, is where if you're looking at the Pokemon map, is where it would be if you're mapping it one to one onto the Kanto area of Japan. Um, if you walk from Pallet Town to Diver City, you will cross the bridge that they fight on. I'm kind of assuming that was so many places. Ah, it's very possible, right? Man, this quarry looks just like the quarry. <laughs> I love this quarry. I could tell. I could tell where it was because of the the lights. The lights are the same lights still to this day. Like fun geo. Oh yeah. I think of this uh, show. Oh yeah. It's, it's really you could. And then the episode ends on the best line we've had so far, where what's this? Gowser. Gowser goes. He's tough, but he's also an idiot. <laughs> Right after Akira says, dude, you ran away. He's like, dude, you ran away. I win. Yay. And he goes, like, puts up the the, P, the victory fingers. It's so dumb. But um, he goes to leave in his white Corvette when his secretary says, I know how you like your coffee. And he says, as you wish. And they ride off. In the sunset as jazz plays. An amazing shot that they got that fucking airplane to time correctly. and go across as the car's driving away. Ah, amazing. I've seen a lot of Digimon Adventures, and I think planes just do that. I mean, here, yes, they do. This is probably flying into Haneda. There's so much good camera work in this show, too. It just, like, is very funny to see the contrast here in a lot of ways. Mm. But then episode 13, Holy The Rose in the Sunflower. Fuck. This episode is the wildest shit I have ever seen in a toku show. Like, like hands down, it's not even a contest. Yeah, no, they go for it <laughs> in a different way here. Uh, we see a lady who is working out when a life insurance salesman comes in. She gets a bunny plush for getting a plan for her dad. Then as she's working out and the, and the carriage is like showing her legs in the air, the bunny just goes ape shit, like it like twists out, like right, right. Someone, someone put a someone took it into Photoshop and put the swirl effect on it. Yeah, 
that buddy's been to an Apple store. I'll tell you that. Right. Uh, and it just attacks her. Just for, just for clarity's sake, it, it is a stuffed rabbit, not an actual rabbit. Yeah, like a toy for buying life insurance, because, mm-hmm. you know. And then Akira says, man, women be shopping. Long <laughs> women <time."> be shopping. <laughs> Put in that fucking Dave Chappelle fucking quote. Women be shopping. And then Akemi's like trying on all this stuff. And Akira's like, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. And then she and Ari are both there at the same time in the same outfit. And they start being catty. Mm. And he's scared. He doesn't want to say who looks better. And he's just like, nope, fuck this shit. I'm out. I don't, I don't want to be here. And he just runs away. Hayami tries to keep the peace, but then says, oh, wait, never mind. Let's run. And they both go to run when life insurance salesman shows up. I, I, I do love Akira's just Akira. The, the actor who plays Akira just has the best shit eating grin I've ever seen on a main character. He's just he's just like you look at him and you're like, ah, you fucking scamp. It's so great because it translates into this like smirk when he's like a serial killer on like Common Rider. It's just like <laughs> it's different, but it's the same yeah. in a great way. But um this life insurance guy is fucking hilarious because like Hakira's like, I'm a superhero. Why do I need life insurance? Like, oh, so when you die, we get money. There's like a scene later too about this, but like Yeah. I do love that he's like, who's ever heard of a superhero with life insurance? What this dude does is he's like, oh, you are like a rose and you are like a sunflower and they're both happy and he's like oh damn that was a good one dude this guy's smooth as hell then they get attacked by the bunny and Akebi's shirt gets ripped so now Aries like say she's fat <laughs> you should buy clothes that fit I can't there's very little in body fat on any of these characters yes they're all very thin and like, even for like a Japanese standard like I'm sure they're thin for that too mm-hmm. like as and by these, like, when these bunnies attack, they just fly through the air. Yes. I, I just, like, I have to to wonder, right? Like, I love the idea that there is someone just off screen throwing stuffed rabbits at them. And they're going, like, ah, no, oh, the rabbits are attacking me. There's all these seasons, like, batting them away and punching yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. And it's so it's funny. It's so funny. Hayami gets got, and then, like, Kira says, cool, I'm going to cancel my life insurance and maybe free him, too. <laughs> <laughs> and they go to this, like, abandoned house that's, like, every abandoned house in Tokyo. It might be in three other, like, shows, because it's, like... It's the abandoned house. Yeah. And people are getting, like, drained by these bunnies where they're, like, going into their necks with straws like they're fucking vernacular. <laughs> It's like it's like those cartoon villains that are gonna like suck your brain out through your ear with a straw. It's got the same same vibe I get. And like in the house, they like three start fighting more bunnies, then they run away, and then like Ari has a rip and a Kebby laughs at her for having a big butt or something. It it dude, it is like it is birdemic tier of just how bad it is. And at the same time, I'm like, this is hilarious. Can you imagine like putting on like TV shows or like movies to like project on like a dance floor? Mm. Changer on would be great for that. Oh God, it'd be so like I want I want just like when I go to karaoke, right? So like sometimes at karaoke, um, if like a song doesn't have a music video, they just play like random shit. I want all the random shit 
in a karaoke music video to just be random scenes from change around with no context there's so much like cross-dressing and there's like weird like flirting it's and fucking great. weird then akira gets got saving airy and then um he talks with hayami where he's like oh like his blood tastes better and then Hayami says you aren't a hero but like why would you worry about dying you'll get life insurance money if you die <laughs> <laughs> uh just incredible it's fu- it's fucking funny and then there's like that whole scene of like hayami being like when he's gonna die i gotta tell you this one time i stole <laughs> candy from a candy store one time from this old lady and he's like i just want you to i want you to find her and apologize <laughs> and Akira's like well how old was the lady at the time and he's like I was like six, so she was probably like 80. And he's like, you idiot, she's probably fucking dead. And he's like, then I guess I'll see her on the other side. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> you could tell they love like 70s action movies. and That's why they made this one. Oh, God, it's fucking it just fucking kills me. It's incredible. Um, At the base, Young Guns is like. Oh, we're spending all of our money on new features for the like super light warriors. And then Ari pressed the button and a wall of a wall of fucking guns comes out. To which I wrote, why aren't they using the wall of fucking guns? Well, then she says, Remember how I like apple pie? Save me some when I get back. Which is like a gravity falls down. Oh my god. <laughs> and then they're both suited up with like she's wearing like full on like fatigues and like a light machine gun. She has like a roser hair. Then like She's got like a fucking Barrett 50 cal yeah. machine gun. Just just hip firing that thing. Hakemi has a helmet, is wearing her crop top outfit for which she was an idol, and um has like a sunflower and like a bazooka. <laughs> it is great. It's just it's just some mate. Yeah, it's just amazing. And then one of them says, at a time like this, a man would smoke a cigarette, but we are women. And then they pull out some candy. <laughs> it's it- it's it's uh it's just it's it's sexist in the perfect way that makes it really funny yeah uh but they like edge his house light machine guns and like akebi falls and shoots her rocket launcher into the ceiling it's fine and then like they like meet the monster this like bat dude yeah he looks cool he's like a weird like bat rabbit thing yeah and they say like Oh, like I'm Rose and I'm Sunflower. And he says the most Sailor Moon ass line, a flower's life is short, so die. <laughs> and then immediately Ari just unloads on this dude with the 50 gal. Then she has that giant knife, and then like he gets like rocket launchers for a second. And just like so funny. Oh god. It's like, like it's just so weird to think like, oh, this is a TV show about like a tokusatsu hero made out of crystals. Yeah. And now it's like two tactical ladies are saving some dudes in a fucking haunted house from a bat monster. About crystals is the fact that the poster in his detective agency is about a movie where there's a crystal dolphin as a big thing, and CDs kind of look like crystals. That's it. That is really it. Most Uh, and and scintillate, Uh, which this show failed to do for the kids at the time, but. I wish had because this would have been great to have us. Uh, but a low beat techno Macarena starts playing. Okay, I wasn't going insane. 
Okay. Every time I think I'm making a deep cut, you come back with me, so I'm good. I was like, what is... I'm like, oh, it's just so fucking weird. All right, yeah, sure. Uh, it shifted Macarena. It's great. And then um, Munkata says, make the Super Light Warriors combine. It's this big Super Light Buster. And they combine, and it wobbles the whole time, and it's fucking hilarious. The miniatures are fucking amazing and cheesy and i love them because you can just 100 percent tell that they're all miniatures and honestly i like that like if a marvel movie like just committed to miniatures probably wouldn't do well but i'd laugh it just cuts to 60 fps footage of miniatures honestly with modern technology that might look dope oh yeah man dude you can make good miniatures now yeah 3d printing when they made like a new Thunderbird movie, they should have done that, honestly. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. They're in a quarry again. And um, then he kills the monster. Now the girls are friends and laughing together. He laughs too. And they end the episode. And <laughs> just great show. Uh, but episode 14 is the first real sign of uh, the like what we would call attrition yeah t- the tokusatsu woes yeah farewell akebi i was surprised that they decided to write her off the show in a 14 episode stretch yeah. like that's okay i guess maybe she i don't know because she was like an actual like model or, or something i mean she like is probably actually 18 probably actually modeling like i'm sure they're just like other drama roles for her at that right, time. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like modeling. Oh, uh, but some old people are singing as some old men play chess and a lady comes in hulas. The old man's like, I got to pee. <laughs> then he gets caught. <laughs> yeah, he, I love that the old man screams before the thing even gets him, though. He goes, ah! Uh. <laughs> and then the monster grabs him. And at the detective agency, it, it's a big deal because they get two cases. Like, how are we going to handle this? And uh, there's like one in kindergarten where there's a bomb threat. So like, let's send my let's send my assistant. Yep. That seems like a good idea. I feel like a bomb threat at a kindergarten you should probably take that to the police rather than a private detective. You would think so, yeah. Like the other one at least makes sense. It would go to private detective. I mean, after episode like thirteen, this episode is so tame. It's really weird. I mean, I <laughs> watched the next time on. Oh, I didn't. Okay. 15. I'm so excited because it has my favorite tokusatsu, my favorite motif from tokusatsu comes back. And I won't say what it is, but just know that next time has one of my favorite things. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. And might be a little political, too. Oh, okay. Mm. But um, Akira and Eri get swamped by some people. Oh, look at your skin. (laughs) I need your skin. He says something like, oh, this is pleasant. Like, well, these old ladies all grab him. Uh, he really is the best character. Yeah. Um, Hakemi is now the teacher of a class at kindergarten. That's just a thing you can do in your private detective, I, I guess. Just sure. Kindergarten. I mean, Akira did it. Yeah. Um, there's one child though, Takanori, who's like, you got a big butt and steals <laughs> her pen and yes, like shoots her with a squirt gun. He's allowed to bring to school. Um, and then um. She asked the class to, like, draw their mom and then, like, 
is like, oh, why'd you draw a bomb? <laughs> yeah, you draw, you draw a fucking bomb exploding. And that's when, like, she realizes, oh, he must have made the threat because he doesn't have a mom when she finds that his mom died in childbirth. It's no her. And, like, also, like, I feel like drawing your mom is a weird thing to ask, like, a kindergarten, like, for this reason exactly. But she's also 18 and not a teacher, so, you know. Um, but then, like, she, like, says, don't do terrorism. You're strong. Aren't you a boy? And then he, like, throws mud pies at her. He's, like, throwing mud pies at, like, the pictures of moms because he's yep. mad. It's it's weirdly mistranslated, in in my opinion, because he's he's saying, like, baka, busu, baka, busu. And they translated busu as annoying. Busu is, is like, short for busaiku, which means ugly. Ah, like the knee. Yeah, okay. so... I mean, it's possible that it, it might have like a double a double meaning because a lot of Japanese words do have that. But I would have I given the context of the situation, I would have translated it as ugly. Yeah, no. Um, maybe they wanted to show like he wanted her to leave him alone and like the whole like larger thread. But yeah, the next day he has her pen, which has a real laser in it, and I was like, why is she saying you can keep it? Yep, like to be a warrior. This is a weapon. Hmm. Um. But he sprays her and then like web shoots on her. Then she, she like actually beats him up for a minute after saying that like you could lift my skirt. Like, lady, you're not a good teacher. Like, you don't throw kids on the ground and say they can lift your skirt. Yeah, it's um, it's a little bit weird. She's 18 Uh, is the best I could say. <laughs> it's also the worst you can say when you consider that he's a kindergarten child. You know, uh, it was the 90s. They didn't know any better yet. That's fair. The kids perform at the old folks' home, and the character's like, oh, this is convenient. Hopefully nothing happens. And then the monster's like, I hate too many old people. I need a kid <laughs> to cleanse my palate. Much like a mint after a meal. That's some old school, like, Billy Groat's, like, gruff shit. That's, like, <laughs> classic folk tales or whatever. Uh, this fucking show. Yeah. He takes Takanori, but... They find the CG pen and it has the laugh of the old man who's been hitting three or four times. They've shown him laugh always like hitting on mm. Eri. And then they like confront him. He's like, oh, okay. Then they fight and Changeron wins because that's what that means. But the next day, Takadori is mad that Kemi is leaving. She goes to the bathroom after him. Like, oh, this isn't good. Number rule number like two or three is don't go in the bathroom after students, I would say. Yeah, the optics on that are pretty bad. But like as she's leaving, he says, teacher, and they run and they hug. Mm -hmm. And the whole episode, there's been problems with the door, which is like the vibes this gave me was immediately like demand trap not working and like uncut jams, just like a door not being able to open and close mm -hmm. properly. Like I was like, oh, this is going to come back up. But um, Kirihi can't get out to talk to her when she comes back. And through the door, she tells him she's going to be a kindergarten teacher. Good luck. He's like so much trying to like talk to her get out see her and he can't and she leaves and then like he breaks through the door and is so sad and he's like oh ain't that great and then he says the door's broken <laughs> <laughs> oh well, look at that the door's broken and he's so sad he plays being sad very well too uh but just like i love the way that he breaks down this door she isn't there and the door is broken and just the way like that was what he said as if like to like explain to somebody he's not really upset she left just the door's broken that's what i care about um 
And then she gets confronted by this kid outside again, and they're like hanging out outside of school, which I think isn't a great thing to do mm-hmm. as a teacher. I don't know. It, it's definitely weird. <laughs> but then we get a new outro. Lift your gaze, change your on. And yeah, that is the that five episodes of Changer On. It's the most something of all time. This show is the the gift that keeps on giving in the weirdest way. Like I would have never expected it to be what it is. I like I would have mm-hmm. never expected this to be nearly as funny as it is, but like routinely every single episode I'm laughing at something. It's fucking funny. Can you see why just from the reputation it has, I didn't know how to recommend it, but I knew I should. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand because it's like if, if you go in, you're like, oh, this is a, you know, it's a tokusatsu show like Common Writer. And like you tell this to someone who's watched Common Writer, they have an expectation going in of what it is. And they're going to be like, this is not what like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But at the same time, if you told them this is a comedy and then that's not right either because there's like all, you know, all this other weird tokusatsu shit where they're changing into dudes and fighting aliens and, and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's both and neither in a weird, weird way. You almost have to like do like when Tommy was so like first was talking about the room, he was honestly he's like, oh, it's like this like drama but later on like it was it's a dark comedy like you almost have to like be like oh change on is just like drama maybe there's a little bit of like comedic elements but like just like almost like kayfabe a little bit just be like oh just like yeah it's a drama guys yeah 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 i'm how would i classify change on it's a comedy but like to somebody like that hasn't seen like you like have to call it a drama i feel like to get them in it's it's a japanese superhero dramedy <laughs> It's a love letter to French cinema of the 80s. <laughs> sure, yeah, yes. Uh, uh, and also just, what a great show. Just, I love everything about just like, we had to talk about fucking Kabu this episode to be like, yeah, this is his like nephew that teaches people English. Oh, God. It's, yeah. Uh, so we have some new cast soon, maybe? Or maybe we don't? Maybe, maybe maybe he gets a new secretary and he's like, ah, who is that last bitch that was in here? I don't remember. Or like they like are like, oh, so Ari needs a part time job because we can't pay yeah. her at Psydoc. Because <laughs> I had to remortgage my house. I just don't know what this show's gonna do. Cause like it's so many modern shows just like trying to tell like a narrative across the whole season that like a lot of episodes just like don't feel important, but like this show having its first like two episode arc felt like important compared to that because they're all like one off right. normally. Well, I mean, we've we've introduced the generals. We now know their name. There's like you know, kind of like an evil plan going on. Uh, Gauzer is like around, and I assume he'll come back. You know, there, there's some there's some movement yeah. in city. We don't really know what Psydoc's deal is to like get rid of Darkseid or what like whatever. But I mean, the two most interesting threads that we don't know if they're threads or not is that um there is um the other government people that hate Psyduck yeah. and like are mad at Muntaka for like leaving and then there's the fact that the monsters are getting depression right right they have to deal <laughs> with human life and like how dark would it be if we saw like a dark side monster commit like death by change oh my god you know <laughs> 
Like that would be dark and funny and like fucked up in the way the show likes. Just shoot your crystal bullet through my chest. I'm ready. Uh, I don't know, but I. uh, But also if the show like ends like partway through like, oh, and we just like introduced a like super double claw and like we're like fighting some alligators and then like it's done. That'd be funny, too. Yep. Guess we'll find out. So uh, next time and uh, from now on, really, it is going to follow a five episode structure because there is. 25 episodes left of Changer on. So next time's episodes 15 through 19. Uh, very excited there. But uh, for now, David, as we always say, who are your top three characters this time? Oh, God, this is fucking hard. This it's is hard, right? really fucking hard. Um, I'm going to say from the from three, we know three is Hayami. Two is Akira. And I have to put number number one has to be Ari and Akemi because episode 13 is just absolutely fucking bonkers in a way that like it, it just it was so is it just kept going like it's like here's the next weird thing here's the next weird thing here's the next weird thing and it just it just didn't end until the end of the episode yeah um take a bullet for justice and say that um I can't pick Inoue every time because he's not actually supposed to go on the show <laughs> um, I'm going to say um, number three has to be the older Blues Brothers oh god uh, I forgot about them <laughs> yeah right there's too much Just I I wrote down before I saw what he was the whole like Char Azerbal caveman that loves Manchester United <laughs> and then when I saw it I was like okay Glad to see you for posterity. Great characters. The whole thing is like, I want to be a first class criminal. Uh, I like um, Hayami's just so fucking good. Just everything about him. He's he's pretty fucking funny. Uh, just and like more and more they lead into it, and the show becomes like more and more. Like at this point, it's like, uh, who's watches it? Like, because like at this point, you couldn't watch a show like streaming now. So people were catching this every week and getting perplexed, probably. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. And then I'm going to agree with the girl double on the on top because they just so good. Um, a slight lead to a okay, though. I think like she does make the weird perverted like prankster kid arc work. As yeah, far as, yeah, like, yeah. Having some pathos. But yeah. Um, and what of the practical effects the Tokusatsu uh, was your favorite oh, this time? Oh, God. Um, that's a good question. Uh there's a lot here my favorite practical effect is just like it's it's dumb it's stupid and i can't believe they did it because it's the laziest shit in the world but it's literally people off off camera throwing stuffed rabbits at people i think that's really fucking funny to think about in a show that has a budget where you can have a dude in a giant crystal suit and your evil thing for the week or for the day is tiny stuffed rabbit dolls that suck people's blood. I think that's really fucking funny and it's really dumb and somehow it works and I have to give my hats off to that. There's this uh villain in Jetman who shows up and like pretends to save people and then the people they save they turn into lightly trimmed pineapples and just like a straw comes out of their mouth when they eat their souls. <laughs> what the fuck? It's great. <laughs> 
um and that's the vibe that like this gave me when they like didn't even have fangs they had like straws that poked in oh yeah um though a very honorable mention to all of the stunt cognac it was yep. great mm-hmm. they did a great job um shit and what fit was the best what outfit was the best this time oh around? man um just tough categories all around yeah this is hard I have to, I think, like, best fit for me is probably a Kemi in her fucking goofy-ass army gear. She, uh, she is snack. I'm going to give it for Gowser. Yeah, she looks good. Um, Gowser's casual outfit where he's wearing his, like, stupid earring and his stupid ring and, he, and this suit. And he's like, I'm so fashionable. Right. <laughs> it's so funny. I do like Gowser, like, the actual suit when he's, like, in the monster mode is, like... He's like basically a fucking ninja. He looks like Guyver. He looks so much like Guyver, it's not even funny. Guyver is one of those series. Has that ended? I don't know if that ended ever, if that's still ongoing or if it's like is you mean like is Guyver still a thing? Yeah, because I know that like years ago when I was like, oh, what's like what's going on like with the series? It was like the same thing had been two years ago. It was like, and it's post-apocalyptic now. Uh, apparently, Guyver the manga is currently still running in Young Ace. Okay. It has been running from 1985 to now. So it's just one of those. Yeah, it's just like forever and ever and ever. I wonder, like, what's the most recent, like, anime or whatever? Probably the 2000s one. 2005, there's a 26-episode anime series. Seems like that's the most recent thing other than obviously the manga keeps going last thing i heard was they're just like deep they're like two into a 12 pack of like final bad guys and it's been that way for 15 years you know yeah right 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 uh which is funny but no um anyway we've reached the end let's make like anastasia steel and plug ourselves uh, you can find me at the Tokyo Fresh podcast. Uh, I would love if you send me messages on my personal Instagram, I guess, too, at, at Zyrell. I've been posting stuff more recently. Um, and Tokyo Fresh podcast will usually uh, streams on Saturdays and Sundays on our YouTube channel. So if you want to come in for a live chat and hang out and just talk some hot mess about japan and weird stuff that goes on here uh you are more than welcome to come and be sure to vote in the poll for the one-off episode based in another country like i really want to get to italian fresh soon and like i think like in that like well like one poll you might get it everyone no <laughs> no poll to be like italy fresh for a week. no that it takes too far too much branding I'd, I'd have to redo everything in a white red green color scheme and that's just too much work yeah, we're the Italian Bruce Brothers now. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, okay. Um, to find me, you could find me um, on co-host James D and uh, podcast on co-host at Common Ride. Um, and then also on Twitter, if you're still there, I don't know, probably mm. going to stay there, just get worse and worse over time. Uh, but at James Forge and at Common Ride with me. And there's also CommonRide.com for episodes and articles. There is a uh, slash merch like that to our merch. First is going to trans lifeline through the holiday season. Uh, there is a recovery.com slash episodes for links to a different platform. Please rate and review on Apple podcast. Please send any questions to podcast at come especially as we just 
there's so much about change around i would love to see what people think what they want to know yes oh my god like if you're watching change around with us please i want to know what the hell you think about this show because it is so weird i know there's people that watch with us and i know there's people that listen but don't watch and i would like both perspectives please yes because like i have to imagine like if you don't watch this show and you just hear it the the image that it creates in your brain just based off the weird stuff that we mention in an episode would be like you'd be like what like what is this show like what does it look like who knows right i'm just imagining like some person like gets like notes back on their thesis from their like professor it's like why'd you write Camus' nephew doesn't know how to speak japanese it's just like a random line here like what's going on here it's just weird yeah it's just weird but no uh what we learned today um this is hard we learned Mm. Women be shopping. Mm-hmm. I women be shopping. Don't trust a man with a mascot that is a small rabbit. Stop shopping at Disney stores. That, yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I think really the the life lesson we learned here today is superheroes who needs life insurance. They don't need it. Who needs life alert? Don't need it. Help, I'm falling and I can't have shit. <laughs> I've tripped on some cognac. I can't get up. Fucking cognac is a new anti-cowboy eggs. I can already know. <laughs> the, the fucking combat cognac. Uh, combat cognac. Great name for like a band too of like Italian Blues Brothers or like Japanese Blues Brothers. I don't know. Uh, well, good night, everyone. And good morning and good afternoon. <laughs>